chapter eleven of ronald and i or studies from life by alfred prater this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter eleven our queen and the stars they shall fall and the angels go weeping ere i cease to love her my queen my queen one our queen she was to me and ronald ever since we first met her at broadwater and ronald had dared to love her and now that she is gone from us there is little fear that her title will ever be questioned neither he nor i need any coarser picture of her than that engraved by memory but for others for those who knew her little or less well let me try to call her back in clearer and less shadowy outline a woman this to whom you gave your confidence with your first greeting and never afterwards withdrew it not the face to tempt an artist by its regularity of feature or beauty of colouring madonna-like some would call it and so it was in sweet and loving trustfulness but far too mobile and human too full of interest and human sympathy to suggest the reposeful placidity of conventional art instinct rather with the life and animation that inspires the best work of gainsborough and reynolds and frank with a simplicity that is careless of its surroundings and therefore conquers them the centre of her interest was home thence it radiated outwards from her family to her friends from friends to neighbours her influence passed in ever widening circles like a ripple that stirring in the centre of some pool travels to the extremest edge nature creates not many such happy the man who has known and honoured one over and over again i have tried to unravel the secret of her inexplicable charm seating myself in some sequestered nook where ronald himself would find it hard to discover me it has been my pleasure through a long evening's entertainment to watch her in every graceful word and greeting that she exchanged with her friends it was a satisfaction even to see her walk across the room a lost art they tell us in these hurried and inartistic days i tried to learn the mystery from her conversation the words told nothing but the tone was less secretive and after all how much more the tone always does tell of the spirit of the speaker than the conventional coinage we have devised in words and how's that sweet little bairn of yours mrs mcpherson she was half scotch by birth and now and again her descent betrayed itself in a pretty mannerism of word and accent i lost my heart to her i did when i met her yesterday on the parade with her nurse a greeting old as time can make it but new entirely new in the sympathy she threw into it right from the depth of her heart no one could hear her and not believe and mrs mcpherson was one sometimes almost awestruck i asked myself is there can there be a human nature so nearly approximating to the divine as to possess the verity of universal sympathy and knowing this woman so nearly and so closely as i knew her it was impossible i found to answer the question with a negative if you are in doubt play trumps used to be the rule in whist and if you are in doubt wear black would be my advice to a lady in difficulty about her dress and ronald's wife suggested it to-night she was looking her best in black and silver and diamonds 
she and ronald were giving their largest ball of the season due regularly at this period of the year and every family of standing for miles round had sent its representative for a wonder i hadn't been watching her that evening and was surprised to feel her gentle touch on my arm come with me fred she said i want you for a few minutes upstairs poor old nurse is dying we've been expecting it you know at any moment for some weeks past but i wish it hadn't come to-night it looks so heartless to have all these people about us and yet i know she wouldn't have had the ball put off she was the last person ever to think of self still it does look unfeeling to go to her straight from all this light and entertainment yet i feel it less than most would life and death seem to me so closely mixed that wherever one is there you may expect the other oh of course i'll come but oughtn't ronald to be there too yes but you see we cannot both be spared he must be here to make excuses for me if i am missed i don't want to spoil the pleasure of all these young things during their one great evening of the year but you'll change your dress i said aghast no i think not if death is always so very near to us it hardly seems worth while to change one's dress to meet him besides i have a special reason in this case all her life long dear old nurse has liked to see me in my ballroom dress and i'm sure she will to-night she said it gave her an idea of what the angels were like better than did her bible and if it could give her one comforting thought to help her i'd have dressed on purpose as i am there was little need for ronald to make excuses for our absence the old woman was dying when they called us but her eyes opened and brightened as she saw her mistress what an angel she cried no but my own dear mistress the best angel of them all and dressed as i would have her not yet in her robe of white not yet and with her mistress face pressed close to hers and the diamonds and silver rippling and shimmering about her pillow our old nurse died as she would have chosen half an hour later our queen was back in the ballroom bright and to all appearance cheerful as the rest none that saw her would have guessed the scene from which she had come back to them heartless they would have said and will say so still but ronald and i knew better her heart was in the nursery upstairs she wears her white robe now but in reverence be it written i would fain see her come to welcome me clothed as she was clothed that night in black and silver and diamonds two when her own time came as it did soon after she met death with the same fearless friendly courage her thoughts were holy for those who were to stay and she was even playful in urging upon me never to leave ronald and the children but learn to take her place i own i was troubled at times by what seemed almost levity in the face of death till i began by degrees to realize her point of view i think it will be a very short distance she said perhaps into another room perhaps not even so far as that and the time to me at any rate will certainly seem short no longer than the night of sleep which separates us from our loved ones till the morning and of the future she had no fear nothing she said could persuade me that the light which has been fanned and quickened here will be extinguished for ever by the incident we call death the jest would be too horribly inconceivably malicious 
yet our choice lies between this and the crowning impossibility of a self-created world not thoughtlessly but in the hope of finding a standing ground for myself i would ask her sometimes if she had no misgivings regarding the re-existence of the body and mutual recognition and the endless difficulties that centre round the subject none she answered none why should i look at the natural world i know that space must be either limited or limitless but can i form a conception of either alternative yet the problem may be simplicity itself to some larger mind than ours so why trouble myself about difficulties which may be easier of solution still to those who hold the key and you think it hard i know you have often said so that many should die as we know they must without a friend on earth to whom they can look forward for a welcome when they reach the further shore to me i confess it seems quite the contrary surely the burst of welcome will be greater in their ears than in ours who have lived surrounded by friends and never known the dearth of sympathy and every difficulty as i raised it she met with the same calm unquestioning certainty she died as she had lived in ministering to others oswald's death was the first blow from the exposure and the physical effects she soon recovered sooner than we expected considering her frail and uncertain hold on life but the horror of it was always with her especially the feeling that it was she who had suggested the fatal experiment ever and again as the subject was referred to i could see her shuddering at the reminiscence blaming herself with what was surely the only reproach that can have harassed her bright and blameless conscience and the remembrance was still upon her when her two children sickened with the scarlet fever considering her weak state and consequent liability to infection the doctor had strictly forbidden her to enter their room i can make no promises she said if they want me i must go till then i will obey your orders we are told to give up father and mother and perhaps oneself for one's husband but our children i think have a prior claim to all and so she watched and waited at their door stealing along the corridor in her robe of white at all hours of the night listening and listening to hear if a summons came one night unhappily it came a summons she was powerless to resist the elder child was delirious and she heard it moaning piteously mother mother why don't you come to me without a moment's hesitation she had entered the room signing her own death warrant in the act she did not linger long in dying lingering was little in her way on a grey morning in october just ten days after she was taken ill the gun which welcomed sunrise from the signal station on the pier echoed like a call she opened her eyes to greet us and with the diamonds flickering again about her head only they were sunbeams now she passed to that larger life of which she if any one held the key lest we forget End of chapter 11